Well, 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 Chandler, hello. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hi. So excited, as I always say, to be with you today because, you know, Chandler, it was the slap or punch heard around the world that oh, we wow. need to get into. We need to get into it. I posted about it the next day and then people were like, please talk about this. Of course we were going to talk about it. We couldn't not talk about it, but I really am dying to know your thoughts because I feel like you have a hot take. I have a few thoughts, but I I feel like before I get into them, can I hear your thoughts? Oh, that's always what you like to do. Because then you like to, then I say all my thoughts and then you go, well, I completely disagree. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I got in so much trouble one time for com- saying I completely disagree it's, to one thing Chandler it's, said. It's always, no, no, no. It's always like, well, I just fundamentally disagree. It's I never just, like, I disagree. It's like, I completely unequivocally with every fiber of my being disagree with everything you just said. With every bone in my body, I shiver at each syllable <laughs> that was just expressed through exactly orifice on your face. That's not, that's not far off. Okay. Here's really what I'm thinking. Already I'm fatigued with this conversation. I know. Already. I'm just like, oh, yawn, yawn, yawn. Do we We're have already to late to it? violence is not the answer it's just like that was already a boring conversation to me or take two minutes after it happened okay absolutely here's my take so this is what happened this is how i saw it uh i went to an oscars watching party with some friends i left about 20 minutes before the slap happened oh within that 20 minutes i was preparing to go to bed i had put down my phone for the evening Ben then checks his phone, gets a news notification that says that Will Smith, you know, slapped Chris Rock or whatever. We then look on Twitter. We're both aghast, horrified, you know, we, but then I go to bed and then I don't realize that like he then went on to win the Oscar for best actor and then his like wackadoodle speech. Um, so I'm going to keep my take short. I think what has been shocking to me is to see people say, like Jada should be super proud of Will or that she like I literally saw a very graphic tweet from Tiffany Haddish about uh how Jada should thank Will for his defense of her Mm. and it reminded me of Dak Shepard who I've listened to his podcast like off and on again because he has like some great guests and I don't mind Dak Shepard um but he talks about how when he was in his like maybe more erratic like using drugs and alcohol phase um, he would often get into bar fights and mm. he, a lot of times, like if somebody would say something to Kristen Bell, who was his wife or was his girlfriend at the time, like if someone would say something to her, he would kind of get in their face and then defend her physically. Mm-hmm. And what she said to him that was really a breakthrough for him was that that actually makes me feel more unsafe when you then like take it up to the next level of violence. If somebody says anything to me, it makes me feel more unsafe and I feel worse. I don't feel better. Mm. I'm not like, Oh yeah, my man, like, you know, defending my honor, whatever, whatever. And I thought like, that is actually the take that I have about this is that like Will Smith escalated this whole thing to, and I don't want to sound dramatic, but to like a quasi unsafe level, he, he took it to, you know, fisticuffs or whatever. So that's my take. It's a variation on violence is not the answer kind of take. Yeah. I'm not, um, I don't think Will Smith was going to like get a gun. I'm not trying to like take it to that level, but I am just saying it's a, it's a bad look. And I think ultimately acts like that make the woman feel more unsafe than safe. Yeah. I mean, I thought that the joke was pretty whatever. I don't think that it was on Chris Rock to know that she had alopecia. I thought that was a I mean, disease, unless Chris- like exclusive to Lisa Vanderpump's puppy. 
So mm. it's news to me that even humans can get alopecia. Yeah. Um, but now that I know that, I stand enlightened and corrected. I think she came out on the Red Table and talked about it. I've never oh, watched right. Red Table Talk besides when Jordan Woods went on to talk about her affair with Tristan Thompson. No one, like, I'm sorry, but Chris Rock does not watch Red Table Talk. Yeah. We don't watch Red Table Talk. We're all not responsible for knowing everything about each other. Exactly. And it's really important for the human race to continue to make fun of each other. If we're all gonna, you know, just be able to keep laughing, keep a smile on our faces in these dark times. To be honest, I just didn't think that the joke was that aggressive or crazy. Yeah, it was a dumb joke, especially in poor taste, knowing that she has alopecia, but it wasn't like super graphic or terrible or disgusting or like, right. I just, I didn't think that the joke was that that bad like i literally went to a comedy show this past weekend that had jokes that were a thousand times worse than that yeah 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 i agree with you the joke was very middle of the road yeah so it was a very strange occurrence Mm -hmm. i found an amazing article that is the complete guide to will smith slap takes so you ready for this yeah take me through it okay violence is never okay will smith was just defending his wife Chris yeah. Rock reacted admirably. Will Smith's behavior is toxic masculinity. Chris Rock's mm-hmm. behavior is toxic masculinity too. Yep. Will Smith should be arrested. Calling for Will Smith's arrest shows America is a carceral state. <laughs> Consequences are for non-celebrities. Okay. <laughs> Alopecia is a real disability and should never be ridiculed. Okay, here's my my favorite take is that the new my favorite take is that the LAPD released a fudging statement on this. Why? <laughs> hold on. Hold on. There's more takes. Okay. Okay. Hold on. The slap will prompt a lot of awkward and unnecessary small talk. Mm-hmm. The slap is why men need to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. Will Smith. Probably true. The, mm-hmm. Will Smith used the language of an abuser. Will Smith could have killed Chris Rock. <laughs> Saying Will Smith could have killed Chris Rock is racist. Actually, G.I. Jane 2 is a compliment. Chris Rock, of all people, should know better. Comedians are obsolete. The slap puts comedians in danger. The slap will normalize violence in general. We should slap people instead of canceling them. Non-famous people need defending too. Will Smith is a narcissist. Will Smith embarrassed himself and ruined his big moment. Will Smith ruined Questlove's big moment. Mm-hmm. Will Smith ruined Gen X's hip hop's big moment. Will Smith Will ruined Sp- my moment because I was trying to fall asleep. <laughs> Will Smith ruined Philadelphia's big moment. But also, the slap was very Philly. <laughs> this is what Trump would have wanted. <laughs> the slap shows that no one in America is safe. This is Trump's Actually, America. the slap says nothing about society. But failing to condemn the slap is woke hypocrisy. The slap was staged. Retweet. The slap is the climax of Will Smith's radical vulnerability era. Mm -hmm. The slap will work out well for everybody involved. Mm -hmm. The slap revealed who matters in your life. The slap was a glitch in the matrix. The slap was perfect form. The slap could have been worse. The slap was old Hollywood. Well, what if Will Smith had slapped someone else? But Mm. worse things have happened at the Oscars. The slap was the best thing that could have happened to the Oscars. Ukraine deserves more attention than the slap. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I hate the internet. I hate the internet. Don't mind the slap. It's just a distraction. Will Smith's tailoring was on point though. 
the slap will produce too many takes. This essentially is the culmination of my thought. It's like a little, all this is so mucho. I was so fatigued by everyone's hot take. And so I'm like very reticent to be like, oh my gosh, everyone, I want to talk to you about the fact that, you know, in 2022, we need to realize that sticks and stones can break your bones, but words will never hurt you. Like, you know, I'm just not into even contributing and just the cacophony. Like this was an obscene moment for celebrities, but I just feel like the entire world is blowing this out of proportion. Yes. Okay, like, but not only the, the joke, but the slap itself, but like then the, res- the the response itself is being blown out of proportion. It's just, it's the worst. I did find one actually interesting take though. Okay. You ready for this? I mean, so this keep is it short. a Twitter thread by Max Burns. I found mm-hmm. this through Kate Casey's Patreon. And anyway, I found this on her Patreon, which was really good. And was she, she quoted him. And so I'm going to read this thread. It's short. Okay. Don't worry. Okay. So Max Burns writes, he's a journalist, he says, Scientology is not big on speaking freely, as Chris Rock just learned. The slap is much less interesting when you realize Will Smith almost certainly went through Scientology courses that teach you to unapologetically use slaps in physical force to let a fellow Scientologist know they've done something wrong. Okay. So did you know that Will Smith is a yes. is a so true believing Scientologist? I, so I brought this up and, and it was it was refuted. Like they've both tried to distance themselves from Scientology. Like they both just said that because they were friends with Will uh, Smith. No, sorry. Because they're both friends with Tom Cruise. No, they so, tried to start a school that was founded on the teachings of L. Ron Hubbard. Like they are serious Scientologists. And they're still act- true believing Scientologists. Yes. Okay. So this, I, that this was one of my videos. T- Okay. Oh, go ahead. Because did, did you know no, about the Scientology that, that occur- slap? I, I, I didn't know about the Scientology slap, but I literally I texted my group of friends and I said, this only just this this entire bizarre act just aligns with the fact that he's a Scientologist. And then my friends were like, mm. no, like I don't know if they've been Scientologists forever, like kind of refuted that. So I was kind of put in my place, but I was right. Okay. Well, yes. L- listen to this. So there's a Scientology course. This is what Max Burns says. I guess you'd call it that involves slapping physically humiliating, slapping and physically humiliating fellow Scientologists in a group setting as means of exerting superiority. It is remarkably common within the cult. Tom Cruise does a similar thing, but his preferred method is shouting and intense personal intimidation of movie crews. Scientologists- oh yeah. Whoa. Yeah, and Scientologists, mm-hmm. he feels, that aren't fulfilling the KSW ideology, etc. It's rare you see the physical side of it in so public a forum. It's the fact that under Scientology, Smith's slap of Rock was the only acceptable response to what Rock did. In Scientology, inaction over disrespect is in itself grounds to get yourself slapped by a higher-ranking Scientologist. And Smith certainly feels he did right. Much like Tom Cruise apologizing half-heartedly for berating his Mission Impossible crew, Smith knows that his apology is for them, you, because you aren't in the enlightened place to understand why Scientology says this was the right thing to do. And as with Cruz and COVID masking, Cruz's concern wasn't his own health since he since he and his belief can't get sick with human diseases. It's about making sure that other Scientologists see that Smith was unafraid to live KSW, keep Scientology working ideology in public. Whoa. And just remember, the Smiths funded and managed an entirely an entire Scientology school, the New Village Leadership Academy in California, to continue pushing this violent, insane ideology out to young people. Um, 
Congrats to the Academy Award, Will. Don't send Scientology after me again. And to those who would argue New Village Leadership Academy is not Scientologist and the Smiths just donated to spend $1 million opening school for other reasons, you find me a non-Scientology Academy that includes the L- that includes L. Ron Hubbard's Dianetics as coursework. Um, mic so drop. anyway, mic drop. Oh, here's very interesting. Two things. Two things I want to bring up here. One, I bet the course on slapping costs at least $20,000 and you have to put it on your credit card. 100%. Um, Second thing is, can we revisit when you said that Tom's, Tom Cruise's speech or like yelling moment turned you on? I mean, are you, so did Uh, I tell you that or was that, that was, you talked about that that on the podcast. Yes. You thought it was kind of hot. That's so interesting. Are you sure? Okay. Yeah. Um, Okay. I'm pulling a mom. <laughs> you know, everything can be interpreted every which way. <laughs> Perfect. Um, guys, I actually have a thought. Okay. I want to say. Oh, so you actually is, have a thought for once. So I have another, <laughs> I have another interpretation of this. Okay. So everyone's up in arms. And I feel like in our society, we're just in this really dark place because I think that we have as a culture abandoned the what could be called a sacred art of dueling, which used to be the approved right. method of men releasing their aggression and defending mm-hmm. either their or their families or their females honor. And without this outlet, this, you know, form of release, we are suddenly in this situation where there isn't, um, there's not a proper forum at there's all. Not the, and, or yeah, exactly. And I feel like we should just go back, go back to when men carried swords and dueled, that's how things were handled. Mm-hmm. And that's what this, we need more, men, more men with weaponry on them. Exactly. I, I just feel like, and I just feel like before people say, Oh my gosh, you think that Chris Rock should have died or Wilson should have died in this fight. No duels aren't always to the death. Most of the time they're to the blood. Okay. They're to the first mm-hmm. slash of the skin. So not a big deal. Don't freak out, everyone. Um, everyone, stop freaking out. Stop freaking <laughs> out. Okay, all you, all you, you know, snowflakes, stop freaking out. Just to the first <laughs> draw of blood. Everyone is so sensitive and woke these days. I know. I know. You the, can't. You, you can't literally say can't say anything. You can't say anything. I'm just okay. saying that as a society, when men dueled, that these situations were handled with honor and with I, care and with ceremony, and there's right. a level of entertainment. I walk a fine line between wanting, you know, my man to defend my honor and also wanting him to, you know, be like a level-headed person. But isn't it also kind of sexy, like the idea of someone defending your honor? Like, but I know it's it's wrong. It's super sexy. I think I honestly, dueling is a very integral part of my being because I just remember like watching The Count of Monte Cristo when I was probably like Mm -hmm, 15 mm -hmm. and really being. So like, it's just kind of, you know, it's lodged in that neuro circuitry. I think but for me, it's the why, why I prefer dueling is that there's class to it. I think that yeah. a, the, the slap has bar fight energy. It mm-hmm. has like drunken, you know, sloppy energy versus a duel feels proper. It feels planned. It feels, you know, thoughtful. It feels thoughtful. And it, there's always like assistance around handing the sword. Right, maybe, right. There's honor. Like, yeah, there's a lot of ceremony and, and pomp and circumstance mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the duel itself it's just a much classier way to settle these little tiffs right 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 um and should you perish in the process i mean better than let your maiden with alopecia go stricken by the word 
There it is. The, is that our episode title? <laughs> we can, we can do, use an acronym or something. B. Wow. I'm not sure maiden is quite correct because Jada. I don't know. Anyway, I think everyone gets the point. Um, and that's what I'm going to say. So there's my solution. That's my platform. Mm-hmm. If I ever run for president, dueling's making a comeback. Dig up these receipts. Yeah, please. Please. Um, okay. Well, there's one, we- one take that we haven't seen about the Will Smith slap. Before anyone comes at me, did you know, Chandler, that Abraham Lincoln was famous for his dueling? No. Yeah. I mean, I knew you were hot for Abe, but yeah. There's just a lot of great men You freaking love Daniel Day-Lewis. You're just obsessed. Daniel Day-Lewis is This is a quick aside. When we had our night out, when we were like randomly met a bunch of famous people, when we went to watch What Happens Live, (laughs) we ended up hanging out with Sally Fields' son. I'm going to spare his name, you know, because he surely doesn't listen to this podcast, but he, you know, he he might want to be my actual friend one day. Lauren had the gall to ask him she said literally we're all hanging out we've barely talked to him but we were just like end up walking with him to you know the next bar or whatever and she goes what was it like spending all that time with daniel day lewis <laughs> like that was the first question out of her mouth as i'm just trying to be chill i'm like oh where do you live like how long have you lived in new york just like trying to act chill and then he was actually really sweet and he was like that's a great question and i yeah, said as funny. i said to her i was like lauren please have some gd and respect yeah anyways okay guys Today's episode is really fun. We have Michelle Martinez from the Big Wedding Planning Podcast on, and we get into a lot of things about Lauren's wedding. She reveals, you know, her thoughts, her plans. We dig Wait, deep. Before we, before we, can we, before we move on to this, can I just say, can I just say what? that the best part about that was I barely even acknowledged that he was Sally, sh- that he was Sally Field's son. I didn't even really ask about Sally Field. No, she, he like, didn't know that. He didn't know that you had that context. I was just but like you well, just like went for it. I went right yeah. in to what it was like to be like even some way adjacent to Daniel. You Day dropped Lewis. the frog in the boiling water. Like who is instantly. like like literally my number one. My yeah. number one. Okay. Anyway, yeah. let's move on. Yes, this week on the podcast we are having the host of the Big Wedding Planning Podcast, Chandler. This is your manager's wife, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you presented this and we're like we should do this and like yes this sounds so good and um anyway it was just such a good conversation so serendipitous that she has a really successful podcast about wedding planning and I'm getting married and it just all worked out it was perfect and yeah there's so many golden tips she gives so I think that and it's also kind of a funny conversation about weddings so whether you're Mm -hmm. getting married or not I think it's a super fun episode and Michelle's just amazing yeah she was a blast and we're going to go on her podcast um, in a bit and talk about pop culture, weddings or whatever. Um, yes. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Yes. Enjoy. Well, 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 I am so excited about today's episode. We are so lucky. We have Michelle, who is the host of the Big Wedding Planning Podcast. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you so very much for having me, ladies. Um, so excited to have you. We're I'm thrilled. so excited to be here <laughs> on your show. We, we're so excited because you obviously have a huge wedding planning podcast that is very successful. And, you know, we just kind of desperately need your expertise 
Um, not necessarily me. I'll say, I'll just clear my name, but Lauren not does. Yet, but not yet. <laughs> not yet. Not know. yet. From what I heard, you like moved to New York <laughs> because of your man. Is that so like, you're, you're exactly like, you better, right. you better put a ring on I'm, this. I'm trying know. to play it extremely cool, even though I'm really bad at playing it cool, but one day in the, fu- in the future, not so distant future, hopefully, sure, sure, um, sure. Lauren edit that the, out. Just kidding. <laughs> the move across the country, I think was really helpful. And your endeavor to be chill in this relationship. <laughs> I think that he's fooled for sure. <laughs> the move across the country on my own dime. Yeah. 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 Um, can I, can I just say also like, I am really excited to, well, okay. I know I'm here to talk about weddings and that's absolutely what this is about, but can I like Chandler, you know, my husband, yes. yeah, you, yes. you, you, you work together. This is how you and I yes, yes, yes. came to be met. This is how this came to be. But like he, it will, he gets so annoyed with me when I watch, you know, any reality television. Okay. What? Oh Yeah. You don't know about this, this about Jose Luis. I don't know like, this side of him. He, he, like if, if I watch the Kardashians, he literally physically gets like super frustrated. <gasps> and like, I love Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. It's my favorite. And like, he's like, you know, you could be spending this time that you have like watching YouTube videos about marketing and social media content. <laughs> oh my gosh. I shit you not. He literally, Chandler, you can tell him this too. Tell him he needs to ease up. He listens literally all he does all day when he's not working. Yeah. Has his AirPod, one AirPod in and listens to freaking podcasts and YouTube and is like constantly sending me things to watch and listen to. Um, First of all. Like literally he just texted me (laughs) a reel to watch on Instagram. Like homework. I'm literally, I am not fucking kidding. It's like right there. (laughs) Okay. I have actually a genius marketing YouTube thing that you could do. You should start a whole series about what it's like to be married to someone who's part of Al Qaeda, because that (laughs) is just, that is the level of of oppression I am hearing. (laughs) Right? I mean, it's not, it's not okay. It's not okay. I, I mean, to shame you for watching the Kardashians and then like when all you want to do is just like sit in front of the TV and watch these people like eat big salads out of gorgeous bowls. And then they're like, and then for, to have JL be like, no, please sit down and watch this tutorial. (laughs) Oh, I'm like, dude, I just got off the computer or like off my fucking phone, spending an hour and a half creating a Friggin' real. <laughs> Sorry, Deb, that I'm cussing so much, by the way. But that's what I do on my show. And, you know, I do want to eat my bowl and have my mm-hmm. little, you know, my friggin' iPad Pro in front of me and yes. watch yes. reality TV. Yes. Yes. So you I wanna... am stoked about being here. And I'm really excited about you all being on my podcast. <laughs> well, thank you. We're super excited to come on. And I just want to validate you. Michelle, and tell you that watching rich people go on their phones is self-care right. and it is, mm-hmm. you know, for a modern woman, it is extremely soothing. So it thank is. Thank you. Thank you. So Chan, next you. time you have a discussion, like if one-on-one, it should get in, 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 you know, work Oh, I'm going to bring important. this up in our, in our one-on-one. I'm going to bring this up. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Work yeah. on that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Um, All right. I just had no, to say that. We're, we see you, we validate you 100%. Thank you so much. Yeah, I feel like much. 
I feel like we should close the loop a little bit because we didn't really fully let our listeners in, but Chandler, you should explain your relationship oh, yes. and how this all really came to be. Because of course, like it was so great when the idea came to us, but really it's because Michelle is your boss's wife. Is that correct? Yes. JL actually, <laughs> if I refer to JL as my boss, he'll like correct me and say, I'm your manager. Cause he's not really my boss, even though he probably maybe does have firing power. He actually, I know he does. But, um, but he's 100% my manager. JL is the guy who I like interviewed with. Like he was my last interview at, uh, at Facebook before I got hired. And I actually thought to talk to him about this. I actually thought that our interview was not very good. And I was like, damn, I did really well. And then I kind of like blew it in this last one. Um, but no, he's my manager. He's fantastic. JL is also, I don't know if he's going to listen to this, but he's very supportive of pop apologists, which is something I was nervous to maybe talk about because it is like a side hustle and, uh, but he's actually just been nothing but like amazing about it. And so it's, it's really great. You can, Lauren can attest that I've talked about how fantastic, like, and supportive he's been. Yeah. She's always spoken glowing terms about this relationship, but I actually want to get to the root of, Michelle, what your experience is like and how often he is frustrated with Chandler at work. <laughs> he never talks about, he's always like, Chan, Chan this, oh, Chan that. I, oh, I have the one-on-one with Chan today. And when he kept saying Chan, I'm like, who the fuck is Chan? Like, what is Chan? <laughs> and I, so like, I think your name is very like interesting because it's usually there's a D, Chandler, yes, yeah. and it's Chandler. <laughs> And I want to say, because literally, like, obviously, I listened to a couple of your episodes before coming on, because I'm like, let me just get these this vibe, right? Yeah. And when your mom, I feel like you all were saying something about how, like, or your mom might have said something about how, like, she didn't, oh, no, no, I know what it was. Oh, my God. This was hilarious. You were talking about how um, Kylie changed her kid's name. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And how, like people like you know uh famous people want to make their kids like sexy and like hot like right away which I fucking was busting up laughing about but you're like they want to have all these weird like unique names and I'm like well Chandler's kind of unique yeah isn't it without a d you're right. or is that some like no she you're was- absolutely right it does yeah. have its own like unique flair I will say it's not as bad as like wolf or like oh my God, wolf is or apple yeah oh. yeah it's not, it's not, quite as tri- yeah. it's not quite as try hard. <laughs> um, I like my middle name isn't something like, you know, weird, but it is, it is unique. So that was slightly hypocritical, but, um, yeah. But I don't, Anyways. I also don't think your mom meant for you to be like hot. No, she sexy. didn't. This I've turned, I've, I've you gone up way up hotter. Way. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've become hotter than she could have ever dreamed of. None of this was planned, Michelle. None of this was planned. <laughs> it just, yeah, it's how the chips fell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. yeah. So I was so excited though, because um, Chandler was like, yeah, my boss's wife has this amazing wedding planning podcast and like, it's like super successful and we let's like go on hers and she'll come on ours. And that's actually amazing because as you know, I'm getting married in on December 2nd. And I oh, feel like okay. I, I didn't know when it was. Okay. Congrats. Good. Thank you. Um, and so I just feel like there is a lot to go over and mm-hmm. we put out a call out for questions. And I think we got more questions like at this call out than almost any other, Yes, which kind of surprised me. Cause I don't know how many brides are listening, but I think right. weddings are like ubiquitously interesting to mm-hmm. people. 
It's your eight. I think it's your demographic of people that listen because we actually probably have a same demographic of our podcast because of mm. the marrying age. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and I do that all the time on my Instagram, and I and that's how I get a lot of my content for my podcast. Like, I'm constantly, I mean, you all are doing that too, like call-outs for questions. But I love right. this, because this is, my most popular episode of my podcast is called Yawa, You Ask, We Answer, and I'm literally just, like, answering people's oh, questions nice. on the show. Yeah, so this is super fun. Amazing. Um, well, Chan, do we want to go into listener questions first, or should we talk about my wedding first? I I think we should talk about your wedding first because I am your maid of honor and I feel like it's my duty right now to kind of like wave a red flag and oh say gosh. Lauren's wedding <laughs> Lauren's wedding is in December, but I feel like I need to hear some details. I need to hear about the plans. I'm a planner yeah. by nature and I feel like I need we need Michelle's expertise to kind of like break it down what's happening. Okay. Um and, you know, just basically like answer all the, all the questions that like I have that are outstanding about your wedding. Yeah. Great. Okay. Great. Um, so what, what, what can I answer first for you? So, Jan? How, can I ask a question? Yes. yes. Yeah. Like I'm kind of feel like this is like what I do when I meet with couples for the first time is like kind of figure <laughs> out like what, what's going on so far, what damage mm-hmm. you might've done already or not. <laughs> Lots of damage. Um, <laughs> yeah. Lauren, you need to give the backstory. Yes. Okay. So Kagan and I are getting married in Cancun on December 2nd. Um, we, in, in, we initially were going to get married on February 4th, um, of 2021. No, I always get this wrong. Of Fe- I'm sorry. Of 2022. We were initially supposed to get married like mm-hmm. basically six weeks ago. Um, but we ended up postponing it because of, we were just like freaked out that COVID would cause a lot of problems. Yeah. Um, and so we were just like, let's just postpone it you know, to the end of 2022 and hopefully the pandemic will be behind us. Um, and so that's what we did. And anyway, I sent out save the dates for the original date. And then I send out, sent out change the date cards, um, for the new date. So I'm, I'm in a place where the venue is booked. I have my dress. I have a photographer. Um, she has but- her dream made of honor. Yes. That was a huge piece. Getting Chandler to say yes was a big obstacle in the way, but so grateful she's on board. She's on the team. Um, And so anyway, but I feel like it's interesting. People are always like, so is everything like figured out? Are you like ready to go? And I kind of have this weird sense of like, yeah, everything's basically good to go. Whereas I kind of know also that basically nothing is figured out. So anyway, I would love if we could, if you could help me figure out what I need to still do almost. Is that possible? (laughs) I think I could probably help with that. Yeah. Okay. Um, Amazing. This is a destination wedding. It is correct. How many guests are you inviting? We're probably going to have about 120 on the invitation list. And I'm guessing we'll probably have between 80 and hundred attend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that could like, you could say like the, like, what do you think about those numbers? So, um, I think that's a really healthy, uh, amount of guests to invite in terms of, especially for a, um, destination wedding and typically for destination weddings, you do have about a 25% drop off rate. So I think you're right on, you're probably going to have between 80 and hundred, actually that 90 would be your, your 25% drop off rate. Okay. And you had to reschedule due to COVID, which so many couples have done in the last two years. Like it's insanity. I literally was just 
uh, talking to a, a, a bride who rescheduled three times and like oh cannot gosh. believe her wedding is coming. Um, so um, your save the dates and your change the dates. Love it. Went out. You have a wedding website, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. And you have your venue, you have the dress, you have photographer, you have your maid of honor. Um, <laughs> do you have a, does your venue have like a, a coordinator that comes with it? I actually have a planner too. Oh, okay. You didn't say yeah. that. Great. So yeah. So I have a planner, um, who's amazing. She's in Mexico. Perfect. Um, and so she's boots on the ground there and she's hooked we have floors basically she isn't under contract yet but we've been emailing and she secured the date um so I think like we, what I'm the pieces of the puzzle that feel left to me are like I guess not knowing how it's all going to really come together because mm-hmm. I don't really I've obviously never worked with any of these people before right. and I'm kind of just like trusting that it's all gonna work out. Yeah. So anyway, that's kind of, and I have to, I still have to pick out like all the rentals, like all the decor and the food from the venue. I have to like pick the meals and all of that. So that, those Is, are kind of like the last pieces. Yeah. I mean, you're kind of in what we call the lull phase when like, okay, there isn't much happening and it makes people a little bit anxious. Yeah, exactly. I'm mm-hmm. anxious. That's, that's honestly where I'm coming, <laughs> well, where I'm yeah. coming from. I'm anxious because of this lull. I feel like there's yeah. Lauren should be more stressed about her wedding and she's not. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't No, We don't want to use the S word. First of all, when planning a wedding ladies. Okay. So let's just take that out. Um, and no, I mean, it's totally, and, and, and it was going to be last month. So like you had a lot done already. Like when did you reschedule? Like we rescheduled at like the five month mark. So basically oh. right as the lull was about to end a little bit yeah Yeah. we extended the lull so we've been in an extended lull phase for a while um so you're in limbo a little bit yeah we're in limbo and I just feel like I I feel like this pressure and I've said this before but I feel like beyond picking the decor picking the food options and all of that I feel like there's this other layer of pressure to like make everything super specific like to make the detail, like the details. I dread the details. I don't really care personally about any of like the, I don't care about having like a personal monogram on everything. I don't care Mm -hmm. about having like a flower wall installation. I don't care about having it be something where it's like super unique. I kind of just want it to be pretty with good food and good alcohol and like a great time. But then I feel like guilty because I'm not like basically putting in the work to make this extremely memorable. So that's where I'm at, Michelle. Um, I think what you're feeling is super, super normal. I hear it all the time and it is this lull phase. Chan, you, you can't, oh, I'm calling you Chan now. See what happened. <laughs> um, don't, don't make her feel bad for not being stressed. I know. I know. It's like, um, I, I think at one point I said to her, like, do you have Pinterest boards about like tablescapes? And I got like a there was no Pinterest boards to be found. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh shit. Like this is going to, f- not that it's going to fall to me, not to make it all about me, but I was just like, okay, like, are, are you going to wake up one day and be like freaked out that you don't have Pinterest boards about tablescapes? Well, she has a planner. That's true. That's this, true. So this is where I feel like very confident is that you like, is this planner doing full planning for you or is it yeah, just full planning? So no, design, no. She's planning timeline. Like she's making sure everything is on track. 
Yeah. We've been in contact since the very beginning and she's like, she's not a day of coordinator a month of like, she's been on board this whole time. Yeah. So I feel really good about that. If if initially you didn't tell me you had a planner. So I was like, okay, you know, like you need, I was, that was going to be my first suggestion. Like, can you find somebody to, to, to be your on, you know, boots on the ground, like you said. So great. Um, the lull time is a time where we kind of get a little anxious and I'm happy to share a checklist I have with you, by the way. I'm sure yeah, though, that your planner has, has this shit like nailed down for you, but there are certain things that you can be proactive about on your own. Um, okay. as an example, like I'm sure like you want to have certain, um, photos taken with your family members, right? Like I'm sure Deb's going to have an opinion about this. Like she's going to want photos with you, all the kids, all the siblings, like your dad, your mom, like doing a photo list or, um, are you doing DJ or band by the way? Doing a DJ, to be honest, we don't want to do any of the like group photos. Oh, you don't want to do. Well, okay. So you, so you don't want to do any photos like right immediately after you got married, like at the, at the ceremony space, nothing like that. Honestly, no. Like we just kind of want to, I want to do a, like the, a portrait session of just us. Like typically mm-hmm. they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I kind of just want candidates. Like I don't really, I don't think either of us really care about having a picture of all our family standing in a line. Yeah. And we're, yeah, it's kind of more a thing that we're kind of running the show on. And yeah. so um, I think that we're probably just, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's a huge mistake or. I don't think it's a huge mistake. I think as long as you have some photos, especially like this, um, you know, you're, how do I put this without sounding fucking archaic and super old, but your generation, um, you don't really print a lot of photos. Like we don't print photos mm-hmm. anymore. So like having some really cool candid photo will probably be the only one you might be displaying. However, your yeah. mama might want some. Um, yeah. Are you having a videographer? We're having a videographer and yes. we're, yeah, we're having a videographer and we're going to have a photographer and a second shooter. And my thought was just kind of to, to maybe have, I don't, I don't know. I think Kagan, just my fiance really does not want to spend like an hour or 45 minutes of his time. Yeah. Like he doesn't want to miss cocktail hour to be honest. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I hate, I don't, I, I mean, ideally you don't ideally like, are you going to do a first look? Are you guys going to see each other before I, the ceremony? I don't know. I highly recommend you do really highly, 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 highly recommend yeah. you do. I was listening to one of your episodes and you were saying you were talking about this exactly. And that people often, you know, are superstitious and they don't wait the 24 hours and it actually like leads to more wedding stress, sorry, anxiety, Anxiety. you know, Mm -hmm. they don't wait the 24 hours to like, wait, what, what do you mean? Sorry. So they do wait 24 hours. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like superstitious or there's a superstition that like, if you see the groom, it's like bad luck, I guess, to see your groom like 24 hours before your ceremony. It's like a okay. traditional thing. Like, yeah. oh, you know, we're goodbye, honey. Like after the rehearsal dinner and then like you don't see each other until you walk down the aisle. But what a lot of people don't realize is like there is so much emotion and anxiety that you will experience on your wedding day. And the Kagan, you, you guys live together. Like he's yeah. your person. So yeah. like the one person that could probably soothe you is like removed from your life <laughs> on this day. And you're like, right. I don't feel right. 
Um, and when you do a first look, like let's say you see each other in the morning, give kisses, and then get, okay, babe, I'm going to go get ready or whatever. Hours later, when you look amazing and like you see each other for that first time in that special moment, it's amazing. Like it's mm-hmm. still that moment, right? But you you have your moment, you have your time, you you look into each other's eyes, you can kind of ground yourselves and then like have this amazing ceremony in front of everybody. Well, yeah. I, and I also think that that's one of the few moments you could have privately before this very exhaustive day where you're just kind of, you know, talking to people and having to really be on show. Yeah. So I think it might be really nice to just have like a little bit of like, you know, you you and Kagan time. Mm-hmm. Totally. Okay. So that's what no, I mean. I like that. And you know, Lauren, your priorities for the wedding, like you, I can tell like clearly you're like, oh, I know what I want and I know what I don't want. And hopefully Kagan is that way too. And I don't know if you all have written them down at all. You might, I always recommend to couples to do that at the very beginning of the planning process, because that's kind of like your Bible that you constantly look back at when you're making any wedding planning decisions, whether it's budget you know, mm-hmm. whether it's like, oh my God, my mom really wants me to do these photos. Nope, nope. Let's go back to our priorities. What's important to us? Like, this is our wedding. Right. Um, so sticking to that, right? Um, because there's going to be all sorts of opinions thrown at you. And there probably has. You've been, yeah. you've been and planning that's your wedding for a while. Honestly, like other people tend, like, it's just crazy how other people putting their opinions has honestly been the most stressful part, like of mm-hmm. this, of planning it, you know? And, and like, like I just had this, I finally kind of came to like a decision on bridesmaid dresses and it was like probably the most stressful part of the whole wedding. Cause there were so many strong opinions. And so anyway, yeah, it's just like dealing with other people. No, no offense, Chan. Chan's amazing. No, I know. I'm, I know I've been I've definitely played a part in this. Yeah. It's just interesting. Cause like everyone has their own agenda, you know? Okay. Yeah. That's loaded. That's a loaded <laughs> statement. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sorry. I want to look hot at your wedding, um, which I will, but do you, actually, do you want to talk at all about your, your like journey with bridesmaids dresses or do you want to leave that like as a reveal? Oh, uh, let's leave it. Let's leave it. Okay. I think. Okay. Yeah. And then do we want to get into listener questions? I'll transition us, but well, did I, did, Michelle, did you close the loop on what you were telling me? I feel like you, we interrupted you. I was telling you, oh, the lull time, proactive things you can do. So I'm going to send you a checklist, but like maybe one of the things you do right now is just kind of regroup and like Mm -hmm. write down your wedding priorities, scale of one to 10, like all of the, like how important is the music? How important are the, like, clearly you have your photographer and you probably have some sort of a plan with your photographer and you're going to regroup with your photographer as you get closer. Mm -hmm. Um, also, um, talking about music, like, I don't know what you're doing in terms of, you said DJ, right? Like you may have like these songs that you're like, there's no fucking way I want this song played at my wedding. So like creating <laughs> like a list of yeah, like, it's a good no idea. Play songs and having that ready in advance, um, right. uh, constantly checking back on, you know, how the budget is going, you know, are there any contracts or any payments or deposits that need to be made? Arguably, your wedding planner is going to help you with some of these things. Yeah. Um, You might be purchasing like tangible items like, oh, I don't know, like or or bringing family photos of of relatives, like great grandparents, like these photos behind me of like, I love when people display, by the way, old photos at their weddings of their relatives' weddings. Oh, interesting. It's amazing. Or you might be getting gifts right now from your registry and things that you're going to actually bring with you on the wedding day and like 
labeling those, unwrapping, like Mm -hmm. things like that. So there's a lot of like little maintenance Mm -hmm. things you can be doing in this lull time so that you know that you're actually doing something towards your goal of the wedding day and it's not all going to kind of pile on you at the last minute. Yeah. Okay. I, do you feel like, I mean, do you have, I'm sure you have brides that really run the gamut from Pinterest heavy obsessed to brides that like want every detail to, they want like all the, the, everything to be super specific. And then brides who are maybe a little bit like, don't care as much like me and just kind of want things to look good, but they don't need everything to be personalized. I'm curious if you like, if you think basically my approach is a mistake and I'll regret it. No, I think that photography is something that we have an idea of because we maybe, you know, it sounds to me like you're very, um, like you're a lot like Jose Luis, like you call him JL Chan. Like you like things to look a certain way. You're into like colors. You you have a good eye. But one of the things that I always recommend, and most of my clients, by the way, are like you, by the way. Okay. But what I do always caution my clients on is that some of those photos that you think are super cheese and like lame aren't going to happen because you've chosen your photographer, someone that you think's amazing, right? Mm-hmm. Just at least get a few, maybe a handful of just some like posed, not like, mm, like cheesy pose, but like, okay, here's, you know, Lauren Chan mom. Uh, you know, uh, like uh, groups of family members really quickly. It doesn't have to take long and like literally do it before the ceremony if possible. Um, Oh, before the ceremony. Okay. So that's what you were getting at before the first look. Do as many photos pre-ceremony. This is for everybody listening as possible um because you want to like be with your guests. Like your cocktail reception is fucking amazing. Like it's awesome. You want to have fun. And like to miss that totally sucks. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So that's a good tip. Maybe doing a first look and then as many of those family groupings as possible to just get them knocked out. Yeah. 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 For sure. Okay, cool. Um, Okay. So I have a, I have a few other questions for you. So we are doing destination wedding Mm -hmm. um, and it's a three day event. So there's a, there, the first night is really for our wedding party and their significant others. And it's the rehearsal dinner. And then the second night is for everyone. And it's like a welcome cocktail hour. Mm -hmm. And then the next day is the wedding. Um, and then the, the day after the plan is to do like a beach day at the resort. Um, so it's like a, it's like a three full days, four night ordeal. Yeah. Four nights for the wedding party, three nights for a wedding guest. Um, is how we've kind of designed the agenda. My question Mm -hmm. is, um, as like, we are hosting this event, we've asked everyone to come in. What is like, is it appropriate to only hold a cocktail hour to welcome people? Like, do you need to, do we need to provide a meal that night for all of our guests? Like in terms of like decorum, what have you seen done? That's appropriate. Well, I've seen everything from paying for even people to stay overnight, right? To, you know, we're going to have pizza and BYOB and it's all dependent on the budget. 
Okay. However, however, and I haven't even asked you about your budget and I don't even know if you want to talk about that, but, um, when you have a destination wedding, there is a bit more of an expectation to host a little more than what, you know, a, for sure, a wedding, you know, in town would be right. Yeah. So I think it's totally appropriate. Like your rehearsal dinner is a smaller group. Um, mm-hmm. totally makes sense. And I love the idea of a welcome cocktail reception. You know, you don't have to buy With like past dinner. appetizers. Yeah. It's not like you have to have another mini wedding the night before the wedding. Right. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cause, cause um, I just have had this anxiety. Like, like, are people going to be like, where's the food? You know, like that's kind of been my like Well, and it also depends on the time, night. like the time yeah. of evening you do this. Cause if you do it at like six o'clock, well, that's dinner time and people are going to want to eat. Right. So that's, what's tricky. So like, when do you do it? I feel like you either do it like on the early, well, see, I would do it on the later side, to be honest. Oh, really? But, but it also depends on logistics, like wedding day. What time are you getting your hair and makeup done? What time is the ceremony? Yeah. Yeah. So, Uh, I mean, I, I feel like having it later would be better because that way, and I don't know what you have planned for that day, but people can kind of do their own thing and, and kind of have the day to just, I mean, your wedding's going to be a several days of like, of events, I guess. And so the more free time I feel like you can give back to people, I think maybe the better to just enjoy the resort or, or whatever. You're, you're so right. I think a lot of couples have this in their mind. They're like, Oh my God, we have to like have something for everybody to do like all the time. Like, no, if, if, if Jose Luis and I are going to spend the money to go to frigging Cancun for a wedding, cool. But like, I do want to go and like chill or go have dinner somewhere or like, you know, go have sex in the hotel room and like, then go to the cocktail. Like, you know what I mean? Like you, it's nice to give your guests like free time to Mm -hmm. go do their own thing because it is a vacay. Right. One of our listener questions, which I think we can just get into now was what time of day should you have your ceremony? And like, you have sage wisdom about these things, Michelle. And so like, you know, is it better to do in the morning, evening, afternoon? What's your recommendation, I guess? I like to Google what time sunset is on that specific day. And ideally for me, for, you know, depending on my client's priorities, I love sunset to be happening during dinner. Mm, So then I work my way backwards, right? And then I'll say like, okay, if sunset is like within the first like hour or 45 minutes of dinner, then I work my way backwards. We know that dinner, depending on um, food service style could last on average dinner usually lasts about 90 minutes, maybe 75. So then you work your way backwards. Okay. So then that way, so, okay. So then cocktail reception is going to be before that, that lasts one hour, right? So let's say sunset is like seven 30. I'm going to say, or like seven 45, that'll make things easier for me. Let's say sunset is at seven 45. <laughs> I will be like, okay, so dinner's going to start at seven, which means we do a call to dinner, like at 650, because it takes, it's yeah. a transition, right? And then, so that means like cocktail reception, we do a call dinner at 650, cocktail reception started around 550, more or less six o'clock. And then that means that ceremony was at 530. Because mm-hmm. ceremony is typically, even if it's a short ceremony, processional to recessional is 30 minutes. And then people move on to cocktail. Mm-hmm. So that would mean like, oh, a 530, you know, ceremony would be really, really nice. Um, so that's how I like to work things. Okay. Okay. Is the reason why sunsets at dinner is sunset at dinner because like golden hours at that time when you pull away the couple, 
Yeah, it has a lot to do with golden hour and that beautiful time of photography. If you are going to leave to do any of those shots, it should be during dinner when people are like busy after toasts and while people are eating. But make sure that you eat first. Or some people, depending on the venue, if there's like a beautiful view from where you're dancing, having that first dance during sunset is also frigging Mm. amazing. So I'll either time it at first dance or I'll time it like during dinner service. Because we do like the place we're getting married is like, or the place we're having dinner, I would say, and cocktail hour is the most scenic. Um, And then the wedding actual like ceremony site, I'm still trying to figure out um, whether it'll be like on the beach or whether it'll be like just on another area of the hotel. So that's, that actually makes me want to start earlier. So that's helpful. Okay, good. Thank you. I love it. Um, This next question was very interesting to me because uh, you know, we're in 2022, people are doing it differently. What do you recommend? Or I guess, what is your outlook on who should pay for what, when it comes to like bride's family, groom's family, how have you seen it done, um, in like a fair way or in a way that feels good for everyone? So, um, let's see, first of all, I will say that, um, whatever, whatever the couple identifies as, whether it's like same sex wedding Mm -hmm. or like, you know, um, we don't, this is one thing on the podcast. We identify people as marriers now, most of the time we don't make it very bride centric. So that also has to do with, with like gender roles, right? Mm -hmm. Like if we go traditional, Oh, the bride's parents pay for it. But right now in 2022, most people are getting married at an older age. They're professionals. Most couples are paying for their weddings. A lot of times parents are contributing equally, I'm seeing. Okay. Um, So I don't think it's a matter of like who does or who should. It's super different for everybody. But I will say that when parents are contributing financially, it typically comes with expectations right. from the parents. And you have to make your decision whether or not you're down with that, right? Like what's more important that you have that higher budget wedding because the parents are contributing mm-hmm. or that you have the control over everything because the two of you are paying for it. Totally. I mean, I think most parents want to pay because that's just the gesture. And, and you know, it's not necessarily because they want to have strings attached but then no matter what the strings attached always come like, um, so it's just, it's, it's tricky navigating that, but I think that's, that's helpful. I think, um, it's a great thing to be able to give your parents the gift of just getting to attend your wedding and not stress about any of the, the payments. And like, I just personally think that the answer to that question is whoever can. And I think that that, the answer to that should start with the bride and groom who, or the people who are getting married. Cause that is the, that's really who the party is for and who it's focused on. And then if they can't, then, you know, you go out from there, but also like it, people aren't, parents aren't required to pay for their kids' weddings. So anyway, I think it's just about like who can and who wants to, and there can be lots of right answers to that. I agree. Next question. What things can you DIY versus what things should you splurge on? I think this is in terms of decor, but I guess it could mean for other things as well. Yeah, this is a great one. Um, so what I have found over the, I've been planning wedding for t- weddings for 20 friggin' years. I've been doing the podcast for five and a half years. 
it's interesting to see the difference in my clients in the Bay Area versus the, you know, people all over the world that listen to the podcast and the difference in budgets, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. while not many of my clients would DIY their stuff, many of my listeners do, or at least set out to DIY. They're like, oh my God, it's going to be awesome. Like I'm super crafty. I've got all these ideas and all their intentions are to save money by DIYing. And it kind of sometimes goes south because they realize that they're actually spending more money and their frigging time DIYing certain things. Right. So I think that, um, for example, a lot of people want to DIY flowers, right? Bad idea. Like, but a lot of people do like, oh my God, I'm going to go to Trader Joe's and buy all these tulips. Like, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be super cheap. And I can't wait to friggin' post it on, you know, Instagram and like, none of our listeners, Michelle. And so that doesn't always turn out. And I, and I can tell (laughs) you in the 20 years I might've had, might, I have had less than a handful of couples who have been able to actually do this. Um, it's just frigging hard. Okay. Morals are, it's an an actual art. Yeah. It's, it's talent. It's, it's like they die, they wither. Yeah. And when you're typically building these floral arrangements, it's in the most stressful days before your wedding. Like, cause you have to buy the flowers fresh, obviously. So it's like in yeah. the 72 to, you know, 48 hours before your wedding. And then yeah. you're trying to feverishly put together a bunch of flowers. Like, and it's like, how many do you buy? How right. many flowers are in a bouquet? <laughs> and you might want like a cascading bouquet or a freaking, you know, like loose bouquet, or you might want something round. I mean, how many flowers do you buy? So I do want to give a tip to your listeners. If anybody out there is like, fuck her, like I can do it. Uh, There is a really good way to DIY your florals. And this is somebody like I freaking love. It's a company called Flower Moxie, M-O-X-I-E, Flower Moxie. And they have, they're, they're a fraction of the price than hiring a florist. Sorry to all your florists out there. Love you. (laughs) And you are given your quote recipe. They send you the exact amount of flowers at the exact time. They have all these videos on exactly what to do, how to put them together, how to care for them beforehand. Yes, it's still DIY, but you've got the exact recipe and the, and the, and the color combos and it's pretty amazing. So there's a little tip for you. Um, I mean the idea of trying to watch a YouTube video as a bride, like the night before my wedding, no. to put no. together a bouquet, like just send me to like Guantanamo or something like that's hell. I know. But the thing is a lot of people don't have the budget. I mean, they just don't. Yeah. And so we do what we have to do. Um, what things should you, I mean, what things can you DIY? Um, I, you know, people who love spray paint and they love a thrift store and, you know, uh, making things for your wedding, right. Uh, small decorative items are kind of cool. I think that's a, the hard part too, is like the tablescapes, not to use that word again. Yeah. Um, but the tablescapes and all that little, sh- sorry, all the little shoot, that- <laughs> <laughs> all, stuff. That, all the little stuff that you're not going to ever use again. Like I'm not going to use 75, you know, that's, yeah, that's why you need to rent it. Right. Yeah, and, but it's like the whole yeah. reason why you Chance. rent everything. Yeah. Rent from a florist or like mm-hmm. Facebook marketplace, that shit. And then put it yeah. back on Facebook marketplace. Right. Oh, brutal. I mean, it's a lot of work to, mm-hmm. to me. It seems like truly DIYing 
only is for things that you don't need anyway. Like any of the actual necessities, like it's going to be extremely difficult to D- to DIY, you know, the plates. It's like, you just, you either need to rent them or buy them. You can't go, you know, we're not going to become clay throwers or whatever and actually make our own plates. Like, <laughs> but, but, but some people, I, I mean, I don't mean to cut you off, but I can just see comments coming from listeners right now. There also is the whole sustainability aspect right. of weddings and we wedding, the wedding industry in particular creates so much fucking waste. It is beyond. And so a lot of people choose DIY or recycling things mm-hmm. to simply, you know, be more conscious of, mm-hmm. of that. So anybody listening, that's like, you know, like going to get upset about this. Like <laughs> I get it. I get why we do DIY budget and sustainability are the biggest yeah. reasons. Is there like a person you can hire, like almost like a set designer, but for your wedding, like, cause I feel like Michelle, you're, you're the planner. Like you wouldn't do any of that. Like that work that's really in the weeds, but like, is there a person who does that full time, yeah. I guess? Oh, there's a, there's tons of designers. A lot of floral designers do build, mm. um, you know, installations, like those really cool things people will stand in front of to get married or like build that freaking awesome, you know, those donut hole walls or champagne, you know, they can build whatever your idea or vision is. There's a lot of them out there. Yes. And they're usually connected to the florist. Yeah. Usually the florist will find them or like there's, there's actually just wedding designers, period. They're not called planners, wedding designers and they will, or event designers, and they'll build all that. It's like building sets for like you said, right. like commercials and movies yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Maybe that's what I'm like trying to figure out is like getting some sort of like designer or some sort of help. Because like, I always know that when I walk into a house that an interior designer designed, there's an element of finish and polish and beauty that like most of the time, lay people, myself included, can't really achieve. And so you do need an expert to help you pull all the pieces together and make it look really finished. So maybe that's the missing piece of the puzzle for my wedding is I need to find a designer who can at least kind of help me even just remotely make sure everything's cohesive and will look good. Because right now I just feel like it's kind of just me, my planner and the florist making decisions. And I would like that X level of expertise, but I don't yeah. necessarily know that I want like a, a, a designer that is also, you know, seems like a, a whole other layer, like a full designer. Does that make sense? Yeah. There's that kind of gap. I know what you're talking about. We're like, Oh, I like this. I like this. Oh, I like that. Do those all go together? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, are they going to, exactly. is that going to look weird on the table? Like I can't right. visualize it. Right. So if someone like me wants to find a wedding designer, someone that can basically consult remotely on making like basically just choices and picking out things, is that possible? I think it is possible, especially now since the pandemic, everybody can do everything remotely. Um, yeah. But it, it's honestly like it, what they're going to do is they're going to like concept, they're going to come up with a mood board and they're going to send you all of it together on one friggin', you know, PDF Um, and if you are some, like, like literally, like I've taught, I teach people, I have this digital course on wedding planning, like how to plan your own wedding. And the design course is literally taking Pinterest from like this crazy, you know, all these ideas, which I know Lauren, you don't have your Pinterest, but like (laughs) so many people have this Pinterest boards that are out of control. There's way too much Mm -hmm. on it. Calling that. Yeah. screenshotting things 
and putting them on a freaking Google slide just like together and be like, oh, that that works together. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not always as complicated, especially you, you're having a destination wedding and arguably wherever you're having this wedding in Cancun, amazing, like beach, like, yeah, you probably don't have to do that much in terms of design element. Yeah. You know what I mean? Awesome. Mm -hmm. A lot of people overthink that. Yeah. And I'm that's might be exactly what I'm doing. It's just like overthinking that piece for sure. Um, okay. okay. I actually have a question Okay. Yeah. in terms of design. What do, things do you think are like going out? Like what, tr- yes. what trends are, What's we, tacky? are we over? What's tacky that we might not know is tacky. Help mm-hmm. me, help me, Michelle. I'm done with Mason jars. Yeah, yes. Sure. Over Death and to the done Mason with jar. that. And burlap done with yes. that. <laughs> I know a lot of people are having these barn weddings. I get it. You're doing sunflowers, burlap, Mason jars. <laughs> I know. And it's cute. It's cute. Um, I did piss off a lot of people on TikTok, like literally the only TikTok video I've only done like a handful of TikTok videos. Cause I'm really trying, I'm really trying, but I really pissed off a lot of people because I green screened, you know, the whole trend of like a flower man instead of a little flower girl. Have you seen this? No, no. Oh, what? People are going to be. So like it started, <laughs> I feel like it started like right before the pandemic, I don't know. I I'm don't scared. Know. Okay. But like, okay, you know what a flower girl does? Like it's, yeah. Yeah, she's a basket and she's like throwing petals and it's cute. Like you don't even need that. But first of all, like if you don't have kids at your wedding, like don't, you don't need anybody to throw flower petals. Oh, what, what is I actually, there mean? was a, there was a casting call for a local six-year-old to come to my wedding and throw out flowers. So thank you. Okay. I, I can scratch that off the list. You can scratch that off, but then there got this to be this funny, somebody started this where they like had a grown man to really cool music like it could be magic Mike music or something or like justin timberlake oh. and it's hilarious because he's throwing the flower petals and they're like oh oh my god like i've never seen that before that is so fun look at that guy. like that's so fun. look at that that is so original i love it like what how refreshing right somebody who had a great idea <laughs> all of a sudden like i cannot believe you're not seeing this if you're looking at wedding shit on your feeds all of a sudden, you've got everybody doing this at their weddings. A man throwing flowers. Then they had. Then they started carrying fanny packs, and then there was uh, like the petals in the fanny packs. Oh my gosh! And so I just see it over and over. I've seen it a couple of times. The first couple of times was super funny, but now I'm like, I feel like it's kind of done. Like, yeah, it's tired. Yes. It's now you're gonna see it, and you're gonna think it's funny because you haven't seen no, it before. But here's so, here's yeah. my hot take: We don't need you to be ironic at your wedding. Yes. Yes, that's it. That's it. That is it. Now I have seen a grandmother, and I think that's super sweet and cute. Yeah, sure. But it's not trying to be funny. Yes. Okay. So another hot take: you don't even you don't need to be original at your wedding. Like this is literally like the most traditional thing you're doing is marrying another person and like forging your life together. And it's like it's a ceremony and event based out of tradition. You don't have to like reinvent the wheel. You know. Yeah. I'm speaking to myself and telling myself it's okay. <laughs> yes, you should. Original. That's put that on your We're like, priority yeah. sheet. Put Lauren, you your... absolutely do not need to be original. Don't you worry about it. Just it's kidding. my but affirmation. I don't need to be original. I don't need to be well, original. I do but think you need there to is... be you. Yes. You know what yeah. I mean? The two yeah. of you need to be two of you. So if a flower man is you, go freaking do it, man. Who gives a shit what I say? But like, right, just be right. you. Yeah, that makes sense. I like that. 
Sorry, Chandler. Yeah. No, no, okay. no, no. And I think Lauren, your wedding is going to, yeah, exactly. Be a reflection of you and Kagan and the experiences that you love. And it's, it's going to be amazing. And I do think that there is all this crazy pressure to like, okay, what's my spin on the donut wall? Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, yeah. how is the tablescape going mm-hmm. to be so distinctively impressive? And that is just the kind of oppressive feeling like a, <laughs> a level of pressure. I feel, um, the pressure is real from social media, by the way, the amount yeah. of couples that are comparing what they're going to be doing to mm-hmm. what they're seeing online. And that pressure that they put on themselves is crazy. It's like, yeah, it's, 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 it's it, bad. It makes me want to elope. Cause it's kind of like, if you don't have the money to do something absolutely insane or crazy original, it's like, I don't know. It literally drives me to like want to elope, but that's a story for another day. Yeah. Okay. Another question that I think is good to get your perspective on, um, is surrounding the idea of like paying for things for your wedding party or, you know, someone asked like, how do you deal with, or should there be, should there be the expectation that you pay for hair and makeup for your bridal party? Mm. That is always a question. Um, and, and my answer is, can you afford it? Yeah. If you can afford it, it's a wonderful gift. It's better than getting them any stupid jewelry that you want them to wear on your wedding day, <laughs> um, unless it's like friggin' Hermes or Cartier. Um, and it's just a really fun experience to have somebody come to an awesome hotel suite and like all the girls are together and like getting your hair and makeup done, like, you know, like, like you're a Kardashian. You've got the glam squad. Right. Yeah. Um, But if you can't afford it, it needs to be an option and not a requirement. Mm -hmm. Okay. And and I I have to stress that because a lot of um, women who are getting married and like, oh, yeah, I've got this hair and makeup artist. It's going to cost, you know, $300 and just write me a check. And they're coming at this time. It's like, well, no, you if you're not paying for it, you can't require that of your wedding party. Like it's yeah. just not okay. So yeah. yeah, for sure. Okay. I remember my question. What, um, what do you, th- how do you manage weather and like weather disappointments and like, you know, that was, that was something that I saw someone asked. I'm very curious as to your thoughts. You can't, you can't, uh, you have to let go. If it rains yeah. on your wedding day, that's, you have no control over that. Do right. you need a plan B? Yeah. If you're, if you're planning on everything, having everything outside, you, you do have to have a plan B, whether your venue has an indoor space or you are putting a deposit down on a tent that you may or may not use, Mm. um, which is a huge thing in the Bay area that we have to do often when people choose, when I say Bay area, I'm talking about California, San Francisco Bay area. If anybody's like, what the hell is she talking about? Um, we typically have really good weather and a lot of my clients will choose outdoor venues that will not have an indoor space. And then we put a deposit down on a huge, beautiful tent. And if we don't use it, you actually lose your deposit. So how much are those deposits? I'm just curious. Well, it depends on the tent. I mean, it could, it, you know, it's usually, I think it's usually 25%. And if it's like a full on like subfloor and walls or doors or AC, um, it could, you know, thousands of dollars. Yeah. Right. Right. For, for the well, deposit. Don't have expectations of weather on your wedding day, unless you want to be disappointed. I just did an episode <laughs> on, um, with this, this couple who got married in Texas last year. Remember that horrible ice storm? 
that yes. anybody heard about in Texas. That was yeah. literally her wedding weekend. No. No. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So what happened? Well, you'll have to listen to the episode. No, I'm just kidding. Um, she, uh, no, they had, it was wonderful. I mean, they were at a venue, luckily, that had guest rooms at it. So, like, a lot of the guests were already there. And actually, the DJ had stayed the night. And the caterer had already catered their rehearsal dinner and brought most of the stuff for the wedding day. So, they had food. They had alcohol. They had music. Wow. Um, But, like, a lot, like, hair and makeup didn't make it. You couldn't drive. Like you couldn't, nobody yeah. could drive. It took oh like gosh. three hours to go what would normally take like, you know, 10 minutes. There was ice everywhere. It was a freak, wow. freak storm. It yeah. was a freak storm. But she had a, re- this is a really good thing too. And, and I'll just throw this one out there because a lot of us think we need to have a wedding party, that we have to have bridesmaids and groomsmen. But the worst thing is to choose a wedding party of people who are kind of assholes. And so just think... Is the wedding party that you have right now, your girls, your guys are standing with you, would they be who you want in your presence on your wedding day on the worst ice storm in history? Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely not. I'm not. Huh, I'm no, not. I don't want, I won't be there. <laughs> Sorry, Chan. Oh, uh, no, no that's great. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's good advice. Yeah, for sure. I, this, this next question is kind of based off of that. It's, you know, what do you think about the idea of mixing a bridal party or just having Love a maid it. of honor and a best man? Love okay. it. Majority of my clients in the Bay area don't have wedding parties, Interesting. But a lot of States in the U S middle America, especially, or Texas or like, you know, they have humongous mm-hmm. wedding parties. They've got yeah. 10 to 15 people on either side. And yeah. it's, that's crazy to me. I, I, most of my clients keep it simple. Um, and it's, it's, you know, being in a wedding is a lot of work, man. I mean, it is like, it's a lot and yeah. And, and in turn the, again, I hear from so many people that listen to the podcast, writing to me about the drama and the issues Mm -hmm. they're having with the wedding party. No, totally. I mean, yeah even just getting to bridesmaid dress decision was like a fraught conversation. And it is Mm -hmm. just so, so interesting. I think it's like so tough because there's so much like negative, I don't know. It's just like weddings are so interesting. And I think that there's so much negativity surrounding them. Like there's so much people complain all the time about all the weddings they have to go to. And it's like, it's such a pain to be part of one. And then it's like hard to be a bride and like hear all that, that stuff. Cause you're like, well, I'm also like, it's also stressful for me. It can feel like it's just an interesting thing that like we've set up this huge barrier for people to have a wedding, you know, like that it is such like a stressful thing. I don't know what I'm trying to say. There is a one question on here actually um, about where is it? Uh, Something about like, oh, how to avoid stress during wedding planning. I think that was the one. Yeah. I didn't want to use the S word. You don't want to use that. Good. Yeah. And I think here's my take on it. And what you just said, Lauren, is like people are living in a constant state of anxiety, period. Right. Living in the Mm -hmm. future. What if, what if, what should I do? And I think that, um, I mean, this is like super granola, right? I am actually a certified yoga instructor, but just like, just like, just try to be grounded and be you and be present throughout the wedding planning. Wedding planning can actually be a lot of fun. 
Yeah. And the wedding planning process lasts a lot longer than the wedding day, right? You're doing right. this for months. Mm-hmm, you yeah. are working on a project with your partner, often for the very first time. And you yeah. are attaching emotions to this project, right. which is what right. brings out the crazy. If you can just look at it, if you can do a couple things, if you can have your priorities from the get-go with your partner and your budget, if you can keep your wedding planning sessions to like once a week, twice a week, if you can consciously not talk about the wedding on a consistent basis every night while you're like making dinner or whatever you do together, if you can talk to your friends about things other than the wedding, like you will, you will enjoy this process and it's, you're going to remember it forever. So work hard to make it like fun and, you know, easy. And like everybody there, this is what I always say. Everybody has an opinion. They're like assholes. Everybody has one. Do you want to take those opinions or let them like get to you? You don't have to do that. And I know it's hard with parents and I know it's hard with siblings or like your best friend who's single and she's like actually acting weird now. Um, Mm -hmm. all of these things rear their ugly heads or family dynamics. So just try everybody who's out there planning a wedding, try to remember that there is life outside of your wedding planning and like enjoy those things and then keep things as organized as possible with your wedding planner. And if you can afford, sorry, wedding planning. And if you can afford a wedding planner, it is going to relieve so much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Chandler, have I been... What would you say is the level uh, I have been at in terms of taking up this, the oxygen no. in the room with my wedding I, discussions? I think actually what has given me ST, you know, R-E-S-S is just <laughs> how little you talk about it. And actually how, like, I feel like I'm asking you, not even reminding you, but I'm just like, Hey, I'm following up about bridesmaids dresses. What's the plan for that? And you're just kind of like, and that has almost given me stress, but I need to just like, let go of that. And also I, I think also your wedding is going to be so freaking amazing because it's a destination. It's at this, like the nicest hotel I've ever, I'm going to, you know, ever stay at. And yeah, right. I just, you know, I have all these almost like expectations for my own journey, which I need to let go of, but I really am just so excited. So I guess all that is to say that you have not, you have not been stressful at all. Thanks. Yet. I mean, it's just, it is, it is funny, <laughs> Michelle, to hear you say like, try to only talk about it twice a week with your partner because literally I just am marrying someone and my fiance is just a person who does not like to talk about the future and like plans. So I will be lucky if I get a bi-weekly, like a once every two week conversation, a planning discussion. Yeah. Um, I get, yeah. So anyway, so I think, I think it'll be good. I think it'll be good, but I I do think that's good advice. I actually, maybe I'm wrong, but Chan, I think I'm pretty self-aware that I know not to bore people with like wedding, my wedding talk, because I know like a, it stresses people out and it's like not necessarily the most interesting thing that they want to hear about. But, but let me just also come on the record and say, I want you to talk to me more about it because okay, I want well, I would like to be more involved or just like be more of a sounding board words. if you want. Thanks. <laughs> I appreciate that's that. That's so sweet. See, that's, that's, that's the type of person you want in your wedding party. Yeah, no. totally. Totally. It's true. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know if you, if you've got any other questions you want to hit, we have taken up so much of your time. This has been incredible, but let me know. Are there other questions before we like wrap up that you want me to answer or you want to answer? Um, I want to make sure that you have as much content that and edit it the way you want. Don't worry about my time. I'm good. Um, 
I feel like we hit a lot of the good ones. I have one that I would love for your help with. Yes. Okay. So someone wanted to ask, and this has been something that's already caused drama in my wedding process, but inviting people to your wedding is extremely expensive. And it's a really, it is kind of a a big deal. And anyway, someone wanted to know, and I want your thoughts on this as well. Do you have any sage advice on navigating inviting, but specifically not inviting people to your wedding, especially people that are like in friend groups, but you're not necessarily have a, you don't really have much of a personal relationship with. It's very interesting. Yes. I I've talked about this a lot. This is a big, big part of it. Um, so I have this whole Maria Kondo theory to wedding guests list. So like, let's say you're walking down the street and you run into this person that you haven't seen in a really long time. And they're like, Oh my God, Lauren. And you're like, ah, and you're like, I really don't like this. I don't like, I don't really, this person does not bring me joy. Yeah. Don't invite him to the wedding. <laughs> but what if that person is the girlfriend of yeah. some of your friend of, of someone in your, your spouse's friend group or your yes. fiance's friend group? Like, right. And he's not necessarily super close with them, but he feels like he should invite them because they're part of this group. Like it's just gets so complicated. Yeah. So, so there's a few things. So there's the whole A list, B list, right? Mm-hmm. Like your A list are the people that a hundred percent without a doubt, they're your ride or die. They're your immediate family. Sometimes even immediate family you don't really get along with, but okay, we have to invite them. That's your A list. Your B list are the people who are like, I like them, or they're like coworkers or like new friend groups that I'd really love to invite, but I know that I don't like have to have to invite them. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, and again, do they bring you joy? You could have an uncle who is like the creepiest, grossest person. And is like, you know, some people, it was like, he's been in a rehab. We know he's going to be completely inappropriate. (laughs) Like nobody likes this guy. You don't have to invite him. Right. You know, you're, are you going to piss off some people because of it? Yeah. But is your wedding going to be better? Probably because he's going to make a scene. So there's individual circumstances. Do you have to invite kids? No. Do you want to invite your niece and nephew? Yeah, those will be the only kids. Fine. Right, right. Um, friend groups are tough. If it's your best friend, like if let's say it's your fiance's best friend and you cannot stand the woman that he's been dating for the last six months, but like they've been together for like six months and he's best friend, like. She's coming yeah, to your wedding. She's going to yeah. come to the wedding. Yeah, totally. No, I get that for sure. I think, yeah, there's, yeah. For my, I mean, I've had listeners who are like, I have not talked to my sister in literally 10 years and my mom wants me to invite her and I'm having the hardest time because she's super like homophobic and she's going to be a bitch to my, you know, um, my man of honor, you know, and like, or my aunt is completely racist and I'm marrying an, an Asian man And I really don't want to invite her. You know what I mean? Like there's so many different scenarios I've heard of from thousands of people. It is beyond. So I feel like Maria Kondo method, A, B, less method, and just kind of like, sometimes you have to stick to your guns. Sometimes you're going to upset some people. Yeah. It's your wedding. Okay. That was great advice. Thank you. I'm going to take that. Yeah. Amazing. Michelle, 
Thank you so much. I, I feel like this was part therapy for me as like made of honor for Lauren part, you know, learning more amazing tips. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. This was super fun. And I'm, I'm, I can't wait for you two to come on on yes. my pod and yes. talk about pop culture, weddings and pop culture. I'm so excited. <laughs> and I'm going to watch shows in anticipation of it. And Jose Luis cannot tell me that you're working. It's, it's work. It's work. It's literally work. work. It's a write-off. I feel it's like work. it's a write-off. It's um, important time spent. And maybe I just need to do it on a more consistent basis. So I've always got an excuse mm-hmm. to watch it. Absolutely. Yes. hundred percent. I love it. Um, Thank you so much for taking over Chan. I just know your questions. No, this this is exactly, exactly what I wanted it to be. Michelle, tell everyone where to find you before we sign off. Yes. So the big wedding planning podcast, the big, make sure you put the big wedding planning (laughs) podcast because there's a lot of generic podcasts out there that use little variations of that name. The big wedding planning podcast on all podcast players. That's the website. Um, That's my Instagram handle. I'm trying the TikTok. And if you're interested in my digital course, it's the big wedding planning masterclass. And that's pretty fucking genius and amazing. So if I have to say so myself, no, yes, yes. Yeah. DM me, email me, whatever wedding questions. That's part of my thing on the podcast. I answer all of these questions all the time and I love it. Incredible. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're so welcome. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Pop Apologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Bye.